You may know you're listening to this show along the Marketing Podcast Network, but did you know there are other great shows on MPN to help your business? Christy Heiler hosts a fantastic podcast called Own It. Christy, tell us more about the show. Own It is all about celebrating women and non-binary advertising agency owners. We talk about buying out of the Boys Club of Advertising because less than 1% of ad agencies are owned by women. And where can people subscribe? You can find the podcast at untilyouownit.com. We're also on the Marketing Podcast Network at marketingpodcast.net. And of course, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. You heard her. Go subscribe. Welcome to The Dev Show. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. My vision is to give you the tools, inspiration, and motivation you need to figure out what you want and help you make a plan to get it. Let's get started. Welcome everyone. I'm Deborah Eckerling, author of Your Goal Guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals, and founder of The Dev Method, which is my system for goal setting simplified. Every Sunday night, I lead the Goal Chat Twitter chat, and then I bring in awesome people to dive deeper into the topic. The topic of goal chat was career change. And I'm like, well, actually, it's Joyce's fault. Um, the, the topic. I'll take because, that. Yes. So today we're talking business careers. And Joyce and I were on the Finding Fabulous Summit together. And she was right before me. So I heard her speak. And I'm like, Joyce, you're awesome. We need to be friends, which clearly we now that are. Weird. And then when I was planning my, my summer topics, I reached out and Joyce is like, I want to talk about sales careers. And I'm like, how about business careers? I could do a panel on that. And here we are. So Joyce, my latest friend, newest friend, but I no, not even my newest friend. My newest friend is John Dworskin because John is friends with my friend Howard Brown, who's going to be on next week talking about uh, resilience. And Howard's like, Deb, you need to meet John. So I think it was like a week ago, no, a week or two ago, we had like one of those 30 minutes, I'm me, you're you, let's be friends calls. And here we are. And Doreen, one of my, the only of the team who I met in real life, (laughs) one of my social media friends, I was on her summit uh, last, was it summer already? I think it was like August. And Doreen also has a distinction of being one of my guests when I started doing the group party shows. So I realized that in introducing these people, I mentioned nothing about them. So Mm -hmm. I'm going to let them introduce themselves. And let's start with you, Joyce. Please tell everybody who who you are and why you're so excited to be here. Oh, well, I am so excited to be here just to be a part of your team and your co-host, Deb. You know, that's why I'm excited to be here. But I am Joyce Johnson, um, author, speaker, sales champion, business coach, and founder of Why Sales Network, which is a global training and development platform where we train salespeople to be their best selves. That's really awesome, especially because everybody is like, sales, well, it's like a necessary evil, but you love it. So I'm really excited to, well, tell me now and then we'll talk more about it. Why do you love sales so much? You know, I just, I, I love it. I, I love the people interaction. I love that you get to meet so many new people and do so many new things. Um, I love the, the process of sales. I, I love the hustle of it. I love the clothes. I chase the clothes. 
<laughs> I have to admit, I, it's nothing like closing a deal in sales. And it can maybe be a little addictive, I think, as I'm speaking those words right now. Um, but I, I just I love sales. I love the fact also, most importantly, that it's a career that embraces everyone. So no matter what your background is, no matter what your education or training is, there's a sales job for you. You study science, you study mathematics, you study communications, business, whatever it is, um, plumbing, there's a sales job for you. And you can go out and you can get a sales job. It can give you an opportunity to earn a hundred thousand plus a year, you know, even in your first year and just live an exciting life. I, I love everything about sales. You know, you said I love the clothes and I heard clothes, C-L-O-T-H-E-S. Oh. And then I heard C-L-O-S-E, yes. which I'm guessing was the word that you That was the one. It might've been my Southern joy, as my friend Darren says. You know, the, the more that I've been at home during COVID and spending more time with my Southern friends, <laughs> I'm, blend, I'm blending in more. I haven't been in my corporate environment, but I just love it. You know, I love the big win, right? We're creating a sales program, sales training program at Y Sales Network. And, you know, it's just about that big win. And it makes you feel good. It, it doesn't come without its challenges. But, I, you know, I think that it, you know, expands your network. You're going to meet some of the best people you ever meet and know in your life, um, doing any career, really. But in particular, in, in the sales career, we are very competitive, but we're also very bonded and, and they're very team-like environments. I love that. It's awesome. And the win, the win is the word because you want to win and want it doesn't to. matter what you do. So we're, we're going to journey from sales to social media. So. My turn. It's your <laughs> turn. And thank you so much for, for joining us. So please. Um, okay. Same question. Tell the world about yourself and why you love what you do. All right. So my name is Doreen Morin Van Dam. I am a social media consultant. Um, I have my own business, More in Media. I've been doing this for about 11 years. Um, I come from a career of uh, motherhood. Um, I was a nanny and a stay-at-home mom for close to 20 years before I started my business. Um, was a community volunteer and all those skills that I picked up, multitasking and being out in the community and making, you know, having relationships with people and volunteering on boards helped prepare me for being a social media manager as well as a community manager. Um, I love what I do. Um, I love all the um, uh, variety of clients that I have. Uh, one of the one of the big tasks that I do a lot of, which I really like, is blogging. Um, I do write for several of my clients. Um, I enjoy that very much. It's my creative outlet. And um, yeah, that's it. I host um, several summits a year for one of my clients. I love doing that. Um, and I kind of feel like um, those of us who've been in the social media sphere for you know eight to ten plus years. Um, kind of help a leg up um, just because we've seen so many changes. I know there's constant changes, but there are also some things that stay the same. And so um, I feel very connected. You mentioned Jen Herman and, you know, you and I have met and, you know, we've gone out to like big conferences and made those long-term connections. And I feel very fortunate to be part of that um, almost like the insiders club, Deb. I don't know if that's a good thing to say or not, but that's kind of, um, how I feel in my career where I am that um, that's really helped me making those, you know, making those connections early on in my career. 
Well, and you're absolutely right. So I've been in the social media space probably since 2007, 2008. So I like to say like the end of the pioneers. So uh, before, right, like right before everything became mainstream. And it's, it's kind of crazy, but kind of cool how much everything has evolved. And we can talk a little bit more about that in a bit, but it's exciting. It is. I mean, especially now with lockup land, which, you know, some people are still and not and leave, go, leave, go, stay, whatever. But online, the world is your oyster. And this show is, you know, a result of ISO. Because Mango said, do you want to turn your Twitter chat into a live show? And it was one of those things that have been in my head for a while. And here we are. Yes. So let us swap you with John. John, welcome. And well, I thanks think, for having <clears throat> thanks for having me. And so, why don't you? T- so, I think I wrote you down in one place is entrepreneurship, but we're all entrepreneurs here. And I think leadership is like one of your specialties, correct? You know, I'm I'm a business coach, and um, I I coach you know C level execs and leaders, um, leadership teams, VPs, managers, and a lot of salespeople as well. And um, and I, I love what I do. I work with solopreneurs to Fortune 100 companies and everything in between. And um, I'll, I'll give a quick background on, on me just um, to kind of follow suit with everybody. Um, I'm 49. When I was 23, I started an Internet company in 1995 in my parents' basement. Um, I led the sales. I was the business partner that led the business planning, the accountability, things of that nature. Uh, we sold that two years later to... At the time, the largest internet professional service firm in the world, a company called US Web. I was a partner in that firm. And then when my contract was up, I got into commercial real estate, started selling apartment buildings in Michigan. Um, And then after six years being top sales guy in my conventional world, I was getting bored and wanted to start my business that I'm doing now. But I ended up taking over and managing my office. August 4th of 08, the market crashed, and then I grew that office. uh, to one of the most profitable in the entire company of 76 offices. I was a national regional sales trainer. I was a on the CEO advisory committee. I would go into troubled offices and help figure out what was going on. And then after six years of that, I decided I wanted to start my own business, business coaching, and ended up going in-house for a year to help restructure a 50-year-old company, and then started my business um, six and about, about six and a half years ago. And I work with clients all over the all over the country, all over the world. And, and I love it. I've always wanted to be a business coach from the time I was 18 when my dad gave me a set of tape sets. And he said, I think you'll learn more from these tape sets, Brian Tracy, uh, the psychology of success. Yeah. <laughs> then you will college. And uh, I, I mean, I graduated college with a double major in journalism and economics, but learned more from the tapes I listened to and the books I read. Nice. So you're, you're, so your podcaster, so your content and you have the sales. So you're like a little bit of everybody here. I, yeah, I, um, <laughs> I have a podcast. I have over a thousand episodes of my podcast, um, you know, over close to 500 video tips and a couple hundred blogs. And yeah, I, I, I provide new content every single day. Nice. Well, but yeah. that's how, that's how we do it, right? You cannot, right. Th- this is how we, learn and enjoy and be with the people is just by getting your information out there, meeting yeah. the people, letting them know you exist, et cetera, 
et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. Right? Yeah, exactly. no, it's critical. Yeah. Now, while you were doing your intros, Andrea chimed uh, in and said, delighted to join the discussion. I beg to disagree with the awesome Deborah Eckerling. Okay, because she disagreed and called me awesome, we're gonna keep going with this. Uh, sales is hardly a necessary evil. It's an engine driver, a commercial essence, although getting everything free is very appealing. Okay, so we're gonna digress. So sales, necessary evil, or an evil you enjoy? Well, we know Joyce enjoys it, but, but why do you think people like me and others have this impression of sales? You know, I think everyone's had maybe a bad experience in sales before, right? Maybe with a salesperson um, that wasn't really in it for their customer, realizing that they were there to serve their customer. And then I think sometimes in most cases, okay, in most cases, I contact a lot of colleges trying to go in and talk to their students about sales and sales jobs and sales opportunities. In most cases, the people on the other end of that phone have taken a job that was sales, but is what I call hidden sales jobs in my book, Why Sales for College Students. They didn't realize it was a sales job. So they took a recruiter job, a bank loan officer job, something that was called an agent or customer service or coordinator, and they had goals with it. And then they realized once they were in the job that it was a sales job, right? And that there was some, some different type of level of accountability to it. You know, there's a different mm -hmm. level of accountability to that. And so I think a lot of times, and this is what I've shared when I'm on college campuses, um, you know, 60% of the jobs that college students go into after graduation is sales. You know, I talked to the young men about how their football coach shows up to their house and woo their parents and know everything that they need to know about their parent, right? They know all the triggers. They know what to say, what to do, how to engage. They know what's important to them. They know what their need is, what they want for their child. And at the end of the day, they close the deal, right? So recruiting is selling, you know? And so wow. I, think, I think that's the, the, I think that's the biggest thing yeah. that people sales out of the way, right? Yeah. John? <laughs> yeah, Joyce, I, I agree with you. I think, I think every single career is sales. I mean, there is not one position from the, um, you know, from the receptionist when you walk in to an office, especially now that people are back in office, offices, to the executive assistant, to the um, everybody, everybody up and down the, the org chart is selling something to somebody at some point throughout the day. It may not be outside sales, but but we all have to influence and, and sell an idea, sell a reason, sell why we need another person on the team. You know, we're, we're all in sales. I think the skill of sales, once people realize that everybody's a salesperson, then I think they start seeing it with different eyes. When Joyce, I love your examples, you know, with the football coach, right? You're selling them on the school, the opportunity, yeah. the benefits, yeah. the value. It really is, it, it's its what everybody does. They just maybe don't call it sales. They call it a conversation, negotiation, a strategy, but it is, it's all, it's all sales. It's all sales. Yeah. Right? It is all sales. And like I said, when I reach out to individuals, they maybe had that one bad experience because they, I, um, you know, they took a sales job and didn't realize that they were in one. <laughs> right? Because it was disguised as something else. 
And then, you know, but sales is a, it's a wonderful profession. And you're right, John, you know, if you're over finance for your organization and they ask you to go and find a software that they need to implement within the whole, you know, sales force or, or company, right. you got to now go and sell your CEO or, or CEO right. and say, Hey, why this, why should we spend millions on this? Right. Ooh. Right, 100%. So I just had a flashback to so when I was in college, I interviewed for the Oscar Mayer Wiener Mobile. <laughs> you know, the people who drive around the country. And it was, I do. it was a PR job is the way that it, it was positioned. My background is in journalism. And I made it through the first interview. So I made it to the second round. And then I found out more about what it was going to be. And I think they saw I was taken aback by it. So that was as far as I got. But I love when I remember the story, of course, being able to say that I interviewed for the Oscar Marina Mobile. I mean, who gets to say that? Yeah. And, and you know, and it was a PR job, but it was sales, right? One mm-hmm. of my out of college, you know, was going and and setting up as a, a weekend job ahead. You go to a region and you set up a table and you sell, you know, get people to sign up for credit cards and things like that, right? You're selling. We had goals. We had so many deals we had to close while we were out there. Right. right. Uh, Doreen, you're quiet. Yeah, I'm, I'm fascinated because I've been in business for almost 11 years and I wish I'd known more about sales when I got started. Um, I didn't know anything about sales. I just put my sign out there and says, I'm a social media manager. I'm, you know, I taught myself, I took an online course and there weren't really any people out there doing what I did. So it was very easy to sell myself, but only local because I didn't know how to go out and get bigger fish. Right. So I figured that out a little bit later on. <laughs> now I work with national companies and, uh, you know, bigger clients and, and fewer of them. Uh, but it took me a while to figure that out. And I have college age children myself and my oldest son is a college graduate two years out and he's in a sales job. So this is a very, I'm listening intently because this is a very interesting conversation. He hates it. No, I can't say that. He doesn't really enjoy it because he's learned to sell during COVID. And it's a very different experience, I think, than when you can meet face to face. And um, I also liked what you said, Joyce, about, you know, anybody, whatever, whatever um, college degree you have, there's a sales job that matches it. And I think right now what's happening is a sales job is not matched to what he graduated, but what his degree is in. And so that's a very interesting point that you said that yeah. might be something that I can um, take back to him. And he um, is the true. And he needs to find one that that matches him. Right. So right. I talk to college students and I tell them if you graduated, you know, in, in legal and in, in law, criminal justice, what have you, you have options to go and sell. Companies have vertical markets. Right. Mm-hmm. So you can go and sell into the legal division or you can go sell a legal product because you already know the lingo. Right. No. And you can sell to government markets because you've studied something around the political science area. Right. And once you are comfortable having a conversation because it's something that you're knowledgeable at, you know, because I also tell them, let's focus on your strengths. We're not going to focus on what you're not good at. You know, um, this summer I have my um, one of my 17 year old nieces with me and she has a disability. And so she's been having some challenges around math and things. And I say, you know, I had to think, how can I get her engaged? And I said, okay, I'm going to do what we do in sales. We focus on your strengths in sales, not your weaknesses. And so she's a strong reader and I have her reading. So now she can read math and comprehend it better instead of doing a math problem. 
And that's why it's important to match yourself up with the right sales job. And I, you know, I love to, if your son has, um, you know, he can call me, email me, what have you. I love talking to college students and recent graduates, my favorite people in the world. And I, I definitely, you know, can help guide them. All right. Awesome. Thanks. Nice. And this is why I like to bring, the, this is a perfect example of why I love these kinds of conversations, because you never know when when the lines are going to cross and when, when things are going to match up. And, and we have some more comments. So, Anand, is it Ananda Jamison wrote, you also have to sell yourself, brand to viewers on social media for them to subscribe to your content. Absolutely. And she also said sales is in every field, even in teaching. And we also have Chad commenting, even in accounting and finance, there are numerous sales experiences. So we can't run from sales. We have to embrace it. And I especially love what, what Joyce was saying, you know, find what you love, what you're good at, and you want to amplify that, you know, focus on that. And that's for any business. And, and people ask me, so my audience is executives, entrepreneurs, and creatives, which is basically, you know, everybody on the planet will fit in one of those buckets. But it doesn't matter who you are, what you do, get being an author, my book, you know, being an author, part of that is selling the thing that you write that you love that you want other people to love too. Absolutely. You know, absolutely. And, and I think, um, you know, I started my career in, in sports, you know, selling, I worked in sports information in college and I moved over to um, a sales marketing coordinator role with the Houston Rockets and, you know, and it's selling. So when we just had our recent conference, I had um, one of my um, friends who worked for the Rockets now do a video on selling sports I had a friend who was a car salesman do a video. I had my sister who's an educator do a video on how she, because I was on Clubhouse. And I came with the ideas. I'm on Clubhouse. And we're in Clubhouse and we're saying, you know, why sales? You know, why sales for everyone? And what do you sell? And so she, my sister gets on there and she says, I'm an educator. I sell dreams. And we're all like, my drop. Wow. To go yeah. out here, right? <laughs> wow. <laughs> We're like, so absolutely, teachers are selling too. Yeah. Mm. Okay, so I guess what I sell is <laughs> giving people the life that they want, you know, taking the step back and really focusing on what you love so you can make a plan to turn your goals into reality. Because that's what I found is you need the building blocks right. to get where you want to go. You need to do that self-check. And then be able to move forward. But I digress too much. Well, never too much. Never what, too much. Never too much. But what I'd love to know is, uh, and what we'll we'll go backwards and forwards on this, is so how did you choose your career or did your career choose you? And Doreen, let's start with you on this one. Because your, the thing about your career is <laughs> social media didn't really exist. No, no, no. Yeah. So um, it, it's an interesting story, right? So I came to the, I'm an immigrant. I came to this country when I was 18 and um, met my husband. He was a college student. We got married very young. Um, was a nanny for quite a few years. Then we had our own kids and was very content to not have a career. Um, be home with, we have four kids. 
Um, but then the youngest started kindergarten. I was like, what am I going to do seven hours a day? The house is clean, right? So my husband, this was in like 2010, and my husband's like, well, it's been a while since I was in college. Can you help me with some marketing? Can you figure out Twitter and Facebook? And I wasn't even on social media. I didn't want to have anything to do with it at all. So um, I just started doing some research and figured out, Twitter and Facebook and made an account and took an online class. And I was like, you know what? This is kind of fun. I get to talk to people. I already know how to do this. So that's kind of how I got started realizing that um, I could, I, I, I'm pretty good at writing and I'm pretty good at talking. And those are two skills that you need to have when you're a social media manager. Right. Um, so I feel like I kind of rolled into it. I don't know if it chose me. Um, I can say that, I feel for people that are just getting started um, in social media now that don't have those years of seeing some of those changes. I also feel for those people who have spent four years going to school, just what to what John said, um, you know, going to school for four years and studying communication, marketing and all these things and then coming into a business where you know, there may be in-house a social media manager making 12, 15 bucks an hour and, you know, just being miserable because everything is thrown at them. And I, I feel very fortunate that I've been able to stay out on my own, you know, forge my own way, um, still independent, get to choose my hours, get to choose my clients. And um, so in a way, that's what I chose to do. I see most you know, not you, Deb, but most of the, our contemporaries have gone to work in-house, gone the route of, you know, it's too hard to stay out on my own um, to pay the bills. And I've been fortunate to be able to just kind of stay the course with that. So that part I chose because we had all those kids home all those years. It was very important for me to have the flexibility and not be tied to somebody else's schedule. Um, so that it kind of, I chose a career of social media management, but then it kind of, I kind of, you know, then, um, you know, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. It's kind of a toss up, I guess. I guess that's my answer. I don't know. Well, no, I think it's time and opportunity. And, right. and like you, I started because I've been doing, uh, goal groups for years, right on started mm -hmm. in, uh, Barnes and Noble in Schaumburg, Illinois, and then became Barnes and Noble in Santa Monica, California, and then evolved from not just being writers, but writers, creatives, and uh, yeah, writers, creatives, and entrepreneurs. And the, that is how I got into social is because someone said, why don't you have a blog for write on online? So mm -hmm. I had a blog for write on online. And then I started using social media. And then I started, I, I did have a couple in-house social media gigs, but, you know, very happy to be on my own for a substantial time, because as you and many people know, I do a lot of things. I do workshops, I do coaching, I've got my book, my author hat, and, but it's all in service of helping others, which I think is a big reason why anybody, well, we're not supposed to use shoulds, but you need to love what you're doing. And clearly all three of you, all four of us love what we're doing. And when right. you do that, then, it kind of leaks all over what you do. And that's mm -hmm. really an important element. Now, John, you kind of answered this question before, but did you have something else to add to how your career chose you? Because it kind of feels like you almost boomeranged back to what you wanted at the beginning. Yeah. You know, I'm a big believer that you got to be in alignment 
um, for everything to really work and for the for the universe to really work for you. Uh, I think when you're in alignment, you can take action. And when you're out of alignment, you're in this kind of like, you know, floating around in this kind of adjustment flow. Um, and and to me, I've always kind of followed fulfillment, right? Success without fulfillment equals failure. And Tony Robbins quote, one of my favorites. And so I've always followed, I've always followed that. And um, I haven't always been able to, you know, move from one career to the next overnight. But once I know that kind of the chapter is done, um, I've learned all I could learn where I'm at. I, 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 I put in motion kind of my plan to evolve and reinvent myself or just, you know, just move on to something that's in alignment with where I am in my life. And so I knew I didn't want to go through my 40s working for a corporation. I wanted my own company. I wanted my own business. I wanted I, I wrote a book. I'm writing another book. You know, I wanted to coach and I wanted to do what I wanted to do. And so to me, alignment and fulfillment is 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 what it's all about. And so uh, did I pick it or did it pick me? I think I think it's kind of one and the same. I think if you're really um, um, I meditate a lot, I find peace and stillness and I do my best to um, be in alignment with my soul. And what I think when you're in alignment with your soul and you're fulfilled, it's not a question of if it picks you, it just is for me. Yeah. Yeah. You know, I, mean, you know, I have an yeah. ebook, um, How to Reinvent Yourself. And I say the same thing with, that you just said. When I am in a an area or a company or whatever, a part of the time in my life where it becomes hard to sell myself or sell it to myself, right. I mean, it's time to make a different decision. Yeah. It's time yeah. to move on then. Yeah, 100%. I mean, when I was in commercial real estate, it just didn't speak to me anymore. You know, when I when I when I left there, I left on great terms. I was friends with everybody. I gave three week notice. I stayed for three weeks. I thanked everyone, called everyone and thanked them for what I learned. I had left with no negative feelings. It was very positive. But I, they said, you know, why did why are you leaving? And I said, you know, what? it's this I it's just no longer in alignment with my soul. I got to do what I want to do. And so that's, that's, yeah, I couldn't sell it anymore. And at that point you can't, when you're in alignment like that, you, you can't do, it's not in alignment. You can't do it. And you, it's not no. going to feel good. And you no. may even be successful at it, but not as successful as you would be if you're loving it. Right. It just, you know, we were wrong place at wrong company, that wrong team. And right. you give it, you know, and you keep giving it and giving it. It just becomes just not good for your spirit. I, right. I love that you, I'm going to call you the soul connector. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, it's, it's, it's really just about consciousness. You know, I mean, you can make a lot of money and be unsuccessful. Mm. And so to me, it's not, it's not about the money. The year I left the commercial real estate, I would have made more money than I had any, at any year in that field. Right. It just in that specific field. But I, I wasn't chasing the money. I was chasing my alignment, my fulfillment, um, you know, because for me, um, you know, my wife and I, my two children, I wanted my family life to be I don't want to be coming home complaining about corporate America. I wanted my kids seeing me in a space that was in alignment 
so they could get into a lie. So they could be in a lie. They were, I'm not saying they were, but they could see what I want to model. And to them, you know, the, the, how much money you make is irrelevant, right? So, I mean, for safety and, you know, security, that's one thing, but, but I wanted them to see that I loved what I did for a living. And then through osmosis, I want them to kind of follow suit. I want them to do what they love for a living and see, I grew up, you know, my dad was an entrepreneur. He was a dentist, but he had his own practice. Everyone in my family was an entrepreneur, all my uncles, all my aunts, all my distant uncle, family. I mean, everyone in my family. And um, that energy holds a, a frequency and a vibration that for me, and just for me, I speak, corporate America was a lower vibration. It was a lower frequency. And so for me, I had to, I had to move to a career that was in alignment with the frequency and vibration and level of consciousness that was in alignment with how I wanted to kind of live my day-to-day life. And through that, I can then allow things to flow through me as a business coach. And then the universe kind of works on my side so I can be of service and help other people. Wow. I bet, you was, I bet you it was really great when the sh- lockdown happened that you were grateful to already be in alignment, right? Because my husband and I yeah. both worked from home and, you know, some of our adult children moved back in. One came back from college for 10 months and, you know, like all the stuff, everything was shutting down. But realizing what other people are found, found out yeah. that we already knew how important it is to have that love of where you work, go to work every day, happy. We were already doing that and working from home. And now other people were kind of discovering some of that by default, but we, we've said all along, like we knew that secret and it was kind of a secret (laughs) to do that and to be happy in that. And now other people are finding that and they're, they don't, you know, I live in the state of Vermont, which was, is one of the oldest, I think, average states. But we've had such an influx of new people coming in. They all want to yeah. be here. It's green. It's open. It's it's just beautiful. And people are realizing they want to be outside and they want to experience life every day. Do something. Yeah. Be outside. And, and, and that's how, when I hear you talk, that's what I hear you you talk about yeah. and that's that that secret of life almost we we found by by moving and by you know working uh from home for years but um it's good to hear that other people have that too but not yeah. i think a lot of people just were in such a rut and didn't recognize it until this happened i would agree i would agree and um you know i years ago uh and i'm 49 when i was 30 i had testicular cancer and so and then i had another health scare when i was 40 and then those kind of when i was 30 i decided you know i was i was grateful to have just a stage one case you know about six i can't remember like it was 16 or 17 treatments of radiation but i decided at that moment in my life i was always going to do what i wanted to do um, and then at 40, something else happened. And then when about five years ago, my dad dropped dead out of nowhere and as healthy as could be. And I, at that moment, I had said to my wife, had I not left my job a year ago and started my business, I would have done it the next day because you that might after my dad passed away, because you realize how short life is. And so mm-hmm. to 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 live under somebody else's thumb and and not enjoy it it's just not worth it 
it's not worth it for me. For me, it's, it's not, not worth, worth it. it. Some people, some people can do it. You know, some people can do it, and I think a majority of people can do it. And I work with a lot of people who work in corporate America who love it, and and I can coach them because I understand it. I've been there. I've done it. Um, but for me, my spirit couldn't couldn't do it. My spirit can do it. Yeah, and John, a lot of people that are in it and that are unhappy. And I think one thing that resonated with me that you said is that you wanted your kids to see you happy. You know, I, I think we, yeah. you know, the kids of children, they watch a lot of what we do, right? So if we're coming home from work every day complaining and hating our job, I mean, we're scaring them to death. Yeah. <laughs> That's why so many students don't want to graduate. That's why they're like, yeah. you know, coaching, so I'm like, you know, you have to graduate, right? You, I know that you're afraid, but we got to do this. Your parents asked me to talk to you, <laughs> but they're afraid to death because a lot of times, you know, They've, you know, and I've even had them said to me before, you know, oh, gosh, my parents just seem so unhappy and it's scary. Yeah. 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 Well, I, yeah. I, I mean, I, I do believe people are making making some of these changes. I mean, if you see what's happening now with people quitting their jobs and realizing yeah. that I, I saw something on LinkedIn the other day where a dad said, you know, everybody's talking about Zoom fatigue and how upset everybody is. We're still doing these Zoom meetings and they're never going to end. He said, I will take five Zoom meetings a day if that means when I am done, I walk out of my office and I'm having dinner with my family and I can give my kids a bath and tuck them in. I used to be done with meetings and then still have to get in the car and commute an hour and a half every day and yeah. miss all of that. So he's like, Putting it in perspective, it's yeah. still such a much better deal that we have now. And I think people are starting to realize that those hours that they just thought they had to put in are really not worth it. Yeah. It's, it's your life. Like you said, John, it's your life. You're wasting it away. My dad um, got sick when he was 45. He ended up living 25 years past his initial cancer diagnosis, but he was able to see his children grow up and his grandchildren yeah. be born. And yeah, I mean, take it every day, you know, not for granted and living every yeah. day, your best day of your life. It's something that once you've you know, had that in your family, it's very, very important to, to yeah. do that. And I think entrepreneurship in a way allows you to do that. Are there stressful days? Like totally, totally yeah. stressful days that I'm working till 11 o'clock. I'm in this office and going, why am I doing this? Right. But I can also take a Friday off. I can take a, you know, I can, I can do what I want to do. I can also work with the clients I want to work with. I think that's a big thing when you're working for yourself, you know, saying yeah. no to a client that you know is not going to be a good fit or to a project that you don't want to work on. So um, yeah, that, that life work balance is not never really a balance, but you no. get to do what you want to do at yeah. when you want to do it and when you need to do it. It's important. I'm so happy you admitted it's not really a balance. It's not it's a not, balance. It's, it's not. It's not. It's not. It teeter totters this way or that way. It's just Absolutely. never. It's just never. Right. I mean, think about it. I had, when I started my business, I had four kids at home and every summer, I would have four kids at home. My youngest was five and the oldest was 13. And I was expected, you know, like I can't really work. So You're I would the initial COVID mom. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. exactly. Well, well, I would get up, you know, that's when I started getting up early in the morning and, and get my run done and start at work and they would sleep in and take them to the beach. And then, you know, like you guys watch a movie, get my work done, but you know, work 20 hours, 15 hours in the summer, but then work 40 or 45 in the winter and being able to have that flex flexibility. But you know, now that I'm done, 
you know, not done parenting, but I only have one child left at home. Three are living in different states. It's a whole different phase in my life. It's a whole different thing. So you you go through all these different stages as an entrepreneur, and um, it's it's a good thing. So the balance now has shifted from now I have more time to build my business. Now I have more time to dedicate to clients. Now I don't mind staying up till 11 o'clock at night and getting something done if it needs to be done, yeah. right? But I didn't have that luxury before. I didn't want to make those choices. Well, and yeah. I think that's the key word is the choice. Work-life mm -hmm. balance isn't a balance, it's a choice. It's what you, what you choose to do when you choose to do it. Mm -hmm. But I think as long as you have the pieces of work and the pieces of life, and you do what's fulfilling you, then you make your own rules. Right. Yeah. And, and Deborah, I think that I'm going to go back to my sales soapbox. Um, <laughs> Please. When you're in sales, I just think as a career, you can make a lot of those choices, right? So, um, you know, not, not all the time. You work for a company and what have you, and you check in, what have you. But I, I've had leaders that's like, get it done, right? And of course, you know, there's days when I've worked um, in corporate and I, and I worked all morning, all night. I was on the road traveling. You know, I maybe saw so many um, customers while I was on the road. And then I got back to my home office late and, and I was working. Right. But then there's times, you know, like um, I could start later in the morning and drop my niece off at school. You know, I can I can cut out, um, you know, early and go pick her up, you know, but then that night I'm putting out proposals and things of that nature. Right. And so it's a choice and it's a balance, like you lady said, of how you, um, you get it done. But I think that being um, a B2B salesperson and um, you know, I did my home office has been my home office for years, you know, and then I went out to see customers. So I think it allowed me a lot of flexibility that allowed me to, even like if I wanted to, if my, brother had to go out of town or my sister-in-law had to go out of town. I'm that person in the family to have the flexibility to go to Austin and work from home and help with the kids. Yeah, nice. Well, that worked out very well then. Didn't Absolutely. You know, so, so it my you know, Auntie Joyce is my favorite role in life and it allowed me to be the best Auntie Joyce and godmother that I could possibly be. Oh, that's, that's lovely. They're there. So I hope they know how lucky they are. <laughs> <laughs> Now, I think you answered the question, but I don't want to leave you out in case you didn't about the how uh, you chose your career, your career chose you. You know, um, I think that um, my career chose me, but I think it was divine. I think it was supposed to. Right. So, you know, I grew up in a small town, Galveston, Texas is an island 40 miles, uh, 45 miles south of Houston, Texas. And then I went to college at Purdue a University, which is a small college, 45 miles north of Houston, Texas. And so I think what happens, and I explain to my college students, that it's okay if you go to college with one intent and then you learn something different after exploring, because that's what college is for, to allow you to explore and to expose you to different things. So I went to college as journalism, English, and I wanted to be on the um, on TV and a news reporter things. I was on my school, an editor on my high school newspaper. I wrote in college. <laughs> I, I heard you say journal. And I, I wrote on my college paper. I was on the radio in college, you know, just trying different things. And um, and so that's what college is for. It allows you to explore and open up different things to you that you maybe never knew of before. Right. 
And so I learned about sales and marketing in college. And although I did go initially and try to get interviewed for TV jobs and things like that, I ultimately, ultimately landed in sales and it was definitely by choice. And when I was um, had the opportunity to someone said, you know, what is it you want to do? And they were able to give me a job that following week. I basically said I wanted I wanted to be the salesperson and create marketing ideas for their team to do this. I mean, that was my elevator pitch even then. And I didn't even know it's an elevator pitch. <laughs> and he's basically like, call my secretary. Then the next week I started working. Amazing. Yeah. And goes back to alignment. You know, what fulfills you, what aligns with with who you are is almost like, I was going to say the first step, but like the necessary step. When you know who you are and how you work, what you need and what you have to offer the world, it really it puts things in perspective and it also allows you to live a fulfilled working life. It does. So what is the, your favorite part of your career and what is the greatest challenge? Joyce, you want to start us off here? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Well, you know, the, the greatest part is, you know, what I just said, just being able to have that flexibility to be my best self, you know, um, when I left corporate in 2019, um, after 25 plus years in sales, I asked myself, you know, what is it do I have to give to the world and what is it that the world needs for me? And so I've been able to marry my love for mentorship um, of people, individuals, um, and then with my love of sales together to create my business, Why Sales Network. Um, as you guys know, as entrepreneur, um, I want to go and sell. And so I don't like getting bogged down with all the other things that you know, I have to do in order to make the business work. If, you know, um, one day last week, I just spent two solid days just selling and contacting companies and everything. I refused to do anything. If the ball got dropped, it dropped. I refused to do anything but sell. And I wasn't even in the best spirit on those days, but it was just such fulfilling days for me. So I think for me, that challenge is that, you know, I'm a, vi- a visionary. I-, I love the vision and the big strategy. And so, um, you know, being able to, I guess, allow myself to um, depend on others to check the other boxes. Mm. Really, really good points. Uh, what about you, Doreen? What I like most and what's the most challenging? Yes. So what I like most is that my 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 career, my job is very diverse, right? Not, not a single day is the same. I do structure it. Um, like today was a content creation day, so I wrote a blog about home security. I wrote a blog about agile coaching and I wrote a blog about social media. And so I dive into all these different industries and it's really fun. And then tomorrow is my full day of um, client meetings and uh, uh, interviews and live shows. And so it's always something. I really like it. Um, When I first started out in my career, I had a lot of local clients. And so I was still meeting with clients um, face to face, um, which also took a lot of time away from, you know, actually meeting because you have to get ready and shower and all that. So I actually like (laughs) not having any local clients and just, you know, I'm here, I'm there. I'm I'm much more efficient, not traveling, not, you know, I'm I'm a speaker. And even though I love being on the road, it's something that I used to like a lot. Um, it's kind of really nice to be comfortable at home. And, and so to just do it in front of the, um, on the, on the computer. Um, what's the most challenging right now is that 
And it's always been this way for me. And I just have to get past myself is that um, I sometimes have this idea, you know, when I first started my business, I didn't have credentials or credibility, or at least so I thought. Um, I've been a stay-at-home mom for 20 years and a nanny. So I've built up credibility um, and I'm slowly getting some credentials. I've got some certifications and stuff, but in my head, those are still, it's my own little blockage thing. Um, so I just got to go work through that, even though in the career of social media management, um, I still haven't really met a person who says, I got a degree in social media management. You know, it's not there. They might have a degree in marketing or communication or something else. So, um, I think that's a challenge right now that, you know, I think that's locking me from scaling a little bit um, to the point where I want to go. Um, it's not impossible, and I'm certainly working on it. Um, but I think that that's, um, I've just been, you know what, I can say it out loud. The biggest thing is I don't want to hire anybody. I've managed people for 20 years, 25 years. I've managed my family, my husband, my dogs. I don't want to manage anybody. I just want to work. And the only way I can scale at this point I mean, I've already asked for more money and all of those other things. And the only way to, at this point that I really know I can scale is to either produce product, which I'm working on, and to hire people. And I don't want to manage anymore. I'm 51 years old. I'm like done managing people. I'm like, I'm just ready to get everybody out of the house. <laughs> you know, you have to look, look, on, look at it a little differently. You know, maybe you can bring on a partner. Maybe you can do a virtual assistant. Um, you know, you know I, I share with everyone on my team and I shared it with them again today. And I tell young people, I need for you to be resourceful. I'm, I'm right. not. And, I, and I have, and yeah. I have some of those people. But in in order to really become an agency, I would, and I don't want to manage people. Like I, I don't, I don't. <laughs> I believe you. I've really done that. I believe you. Yeah. It's and I just, you know, it is a different, you know. And I, I yeah. like the fact that you're a coach and I do some consulting, and I, I like that part, and I like teaching. I like to be on, you know, on, on, on shows and I have a hangout for one of my clients every week and I teach and I write. Um, but yeah, that's been, I guess that's my biggest thing. I just, yeah. I don't want to, you know, it's, you don't have to, it is challenging. I, I, you know, it's challenging. I feel you. Yeah. <laughs> but, but figure out, I, I'm, I'm going to, I'm going to propose a little extra challenge to you. And I know you have my book. Mm -hmm. Think outside of the box. I think there's so. I love that. I think that there is something like do the director journaling exercise. There is something that you're not quite hitting at. Stop. I'm sorry. I can't help it. Um, stop shoulding yourself mm -hmm. and say and just be open to creating what you need to move forward. But you get to make the rules. True. And I have up to now. I mean, I have, I have to say, I, I feel like I have, but I've got other people telling me you should Don't listen to them. No, no. I, I, no but that's, that's kind of where, um, you know, yeah. pushing and pulling from different directions. But I, I mean, I'm very happy with what I'm doing. You just asked like what was going on. So that would be the only little minor thing. Um, I'm very happy. <laughs> well, where my fault. I, am. Okay. I could just be in here and stay yeah. here. But, you know, people want you to do something or grow or, you know, what about this or, yeah, no. 
It's just well, in my head too. Some of it. Well, I I'm gonna we're gonna. I know you and I can work on some of that. But 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 we're we're gonna. I'm making a mental note. But I truly believe you are the dynamo that you are. And if mm -hmm. you ever need someone to tell you that, just I am me, and I will tell right. you. Or post awesome. On Thank something. you. I appreciate that, Deb. Because there's a something you just have to get to it. Mm -hmm. John. Yes. What's your favorite part about your career in the greatest challenge? You, I feel like you answered this, but go ahead. You know, I, I just love everything I do. I, I really do. I, I love I love my career and I love helping people. I work with successful people who are stuck and I get them unstuck. And I I I I I'm a visionary and I'm an integrator. So I can um I, and and my EQ and my intuitiveness is is pretty high. So I hear what's not being heard. I see what's not being seen. I can help them get unstuck, create a vision, reverse engineer, and then give them immediate tools to go into their business and get them unstuck. And I love it. I love it. Um, and that's what I do. What's my challenge? I, I, I don't really think of life that way. You know, to me, um, um, and, and maybe because I've had health challenges in the past, I don't see any real business issue as like a challenge. It's either it, it, the only challenge is when I'm in adjustment period, getting back into alignment and figuring out kind of what that next path is or, but I, I, I don't, I don't look at my business that way. You know, I, I, I just try to um, provide everything as simply as I possibly can uh, provide content, um, stay in alignment. And I'm not saying I, don't have bad days or bad moments. I do. I'm human, but I don't look at it as like, that's challenge. I, that's a, that's a, you know, challenge or a negative or, or this and the other. I've, I've kind of taught myself through, you know, um, on how to be more patient and how to slow down. I meditate a lot, you know, and, and I don't know. I just, I, I, I'm always, I'm working on myself as much as I'm helping work on my clients. And so, that's just kind of an, an evolution of what makes me, I think, better in my business as well. That That's actually, that's interesting to hear, John, because a lot of people forget that part. And I could be one of those people sometimes, yeah. you know, they just, you, you help everybody else and then you forget to do your own stuff. So it's good to hear yeah. that you've got that figured out. I think it's important. I mean, for me, um, you know, I've been meditating for like 25 years and um, I go to, I have a Western doctor, but I go to a Buddhist monk uh, once a week or once, usually every other week. And, and I study meditation and, you know, that type of stuff has just been really good for me to, you know, and, and, and find peace and just even going for a walk and not listening to anything and just kind of connecting with nature. And it's been a journey for me. I mean, I'm, I'm like, I feel like I'm at like, you know, the beginning steps of it. But it's um, but waking up and meditating, writing in a journal a couple of days a week, um, you know, putting in my calendar to like meditate or take ten breaths midday, um, like all of those things, I really are, are really important for me, and they keep me sane because I think I think I can speak for all of us. We like you just said, we give our clients expect an enormous amount from us. We take a, a ton on our shoulders to get them unstuck, provide them ideas, give them a roadmap, 
reach, you know, get them, we see their potential. I mean, it's energetically a lot of work. Forget the the physical elements of it and the creation. And so I think we we have to kind of always, you know, think of ourselves like healers and then refuel ourselves so we can actually raise the level of frequency and vibration we give our clients. I love that. And that's a wonderful transition because what I would want to do next, well, it's, 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 there's just, it doesn't matter what your career, what you're doing, or even what stage you're at in your career journey. There's something anyone listening or watching can take away from this, but I'd love to get specific before we wrap. So I would like each of you to gift a goal to the audience and it can be something that you want to do that you think others could benefit from or it could just be a goal that you think is going to help others move forward on their career journey and let's start with you john um i would say well first of all anybody can go to my website and download my book um or my 100 page workbook ebook for free so that's a, a gift gift um, secondly, I would gift somebody with this. Um, spend a couple minutes and figure out of yourself what characteristic you would fire. Right. So if you had to fire yourself, what would you fire? So as an example, um, if you're somebody who shows up five minutes late to meetings, um, fire that person. And then rehire another version of yourself, meaning the person you fire, you're going to rehire someone who shows up five minutes early. And so you fire and hire. And that's a really good exercise to do on a yearly basis, a quarterly basis, a monthly basis. And, And if you're leading people, it's a good exercise to walk them through, because instead of saying to somebody, you're really bad at this and you're really bad at this, you walk them through an exercise where you say, "Okay, if you had to fire yourself, what what are the characteristics and why would you fire yourself? And then if you had to rehire yourself, what were the characters, what, what's the new you you're bringing to the table? I think so many people get stuck in this kind of tornado and complacency. They don't even realize some of the nuanced things that are getting in their way. And so I have found that that is an incredible exercise. I do it at keynotes and workshops and trainings and even one-on-one with clients, but it's a great exercise for people to kind of tap into. Excellent. Love it. Doreen, what is your goal for people, for you, for the universe? I would say um, if you are physically fit and if you are working on your physical well-being, your mental health, you will be able to do more. Um, I've been a runner for a lot of years. Um, I just found myself in a slump. I signed up for a marathon. I'm back to training, Um, get up early in the morning. And when I do that, everything else aligns in my life. So find if it's not marathon running, which I totally understand you might not want to have a goal that one meeting a day you stand instead of sit, do something to move forward physically to move you. You know, if you have a puppy, take it on a longer walk or go to that two times a day, the movement, the blood flow, it will help your body, but it will really help your mind as a, you know, whatever career you have, 
Um, we are not meant to sit, guys. <laughs> and as this is the longest of my these last 10 years of my, my career, of my business, I have never in my life sat as much. I just ran after children for 20-something years. I've never sat. And so this is just, my body is just screaming. And so I needed to go back, you know, then while I moved and I was like, I know what I'm missing. I, I'm missing the physical. So if, if you want to set one goal, set a goal of go on an extra walk a day, 10 minutes a day, or one meeting a day, stand up and make a phone call standing up. It will make a difference. Do some squats while you're doing it, whatever, but get moving. Perfect. Okay, Joyce, goal from you. The, the goal for me is that um, if you're unhappy that in the space you're in, or if you like to move into a new space, um, career-wise, don't, I want you to avoid the titles. Don't, you know, select the title of something you want to be in, but just write down on a piece of paper, what are the things you like to do and the things you like to accomplish by doing those things for an organization? And then figure out what job or title that has or give it a new name and put it in your, your cover letter objectives and say, this is what I like to do. And if I'm allowed to do this, I can impact your company this way. Love it. Make up your own rules. We have theme. Everyone, this has been such a wonderful conversation. Uh, I can't thank you enough for your, your knowledge and your advice. Joyce, where can people find you? You can find me. I'm on LinkedIn, <laughs> Joyce J, Joyce Johnson. Um, on all my social platforms, I'm at I am, I am Joyce Johnson. And of course, at Y Sales Network. Wonderful. And Doreen, where can people find you? Uh, my business name is More in Media. So Twitter, Instagram, all of those places. I'm More in Media. Um, LinkedIn. Um, I go by More in Van Dam. So um, Orange Glasses. You'll recognize me. Um, connect me on LinkedIn. It's kind of the place where I hang out. Fantastic. And John, where can people find you? You know, just go to johndwaskin.com and you can get me get everything you connect everywhere every all of my stuff and uh or you can call me 248-535-7796 i love that old school so old school and if you want to learn more about me i'm at the dev method everywhere you can also go to the dev slash blog to find the recap and the links from this conversation and if you need a little extra help you can grab a copy of your goal guide, a roadmap for setting, planning, and achieving your goals. Can't love this more, Doreen. <laughs> thank you. Um, which you can find on Amazon or at your favorite bookstore. I'm all about helping people find that path and then creating the plan to get there. Okay. Final thought and word of advice, John. Slow down. Um, and um, if you want to speed up. Great. Slow down if you want to speed up. Love it. And Doreen? Take time away from electronics, time away from the computer, time away from your work. Take those two weekend days and go out in nature and spend it with your family. You need it. Amen. Okay. Love that. Okay. Take time away from the things that connect you. Yeah. Perfect. Give a moment. John, I love that one. I've used that one a lot that you said. Sometimes you have to slow down so you can speed up. Yeah. But, you know, I, I'm in execution mode right now. So I would say, you know, um, hey, the success is in the details. Um, execute. Love that. Wonderful. 
Oh, well, you all are just fabulous. <laughs> How about Thanks. you, Deb? What can you tell us? Yes. Excuse me? <laughs> Your turn. My turn. Okay. I, I will actually give the the homework that I gave to Doreen, which is do some directed journaling. And so just, um, which is basically brainstorming on paper. Set three, four, five, 15 minute appointments with yourself when you're asking questions. And actually it kind of will incorporate everybody's goal in there. What do I love to do? What am I good at? What do I want next for my life? What is success or what does the next step look like? What parts of myself do I need to improve? Now, maybe not do all of these at once, just focus on, you know, whether it's the work-life balance piece or the figuring out the kinks in your business piece or the figuring out what to do next piece, but spend three, four, five, 15 minute sessions and just brain dump it all. And the trick is not to read it until after you've done the exercise several times, because then you can go back and look at it with fresh eyes, be more objective. And then you can see the things you talk about a lot are the things you need to give attention to. And the things that you thought were important to you, you may have just kind of glossed over. Pay attention to yourself. And that's the best way that you're going to be able to move forward. Love it. So, there you go. Well, thank you. <laughs> thank you for putting me on the spot. So my goal to all of you is to do all the goals. And my final word of advice is whatever you want in life, it's your choice. Choose yourself. Figure out what that is, explore your options, and make a plan to turn it into reality. And above all else, remember that you can do it. Thank you again, Joyce, John, Dream, for joining me today. Thanks, everybody, for listening or watching. Now, just go on out there and go for it. Thanks for listening to The Dev Show. If you like what you hear, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss an episode. Need more inspiration and motivation? Connect with me on LinkedIn, follow at The Dev Method on social media, and check out thedevmethod.com. Best of luck with your goals, and remember, you can do it. This podcast is heard along the Marketing Podcast Network. For more great marketing podcasts, visit marketingpodcasts.net.